You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Shoot, score! All right, and welcome everyone to episode 14 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. We're joined by Kyle. Kyle, welcome, buddy. Hey, folks. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. I can't speak for everyone else, but uh, I've had a very busy week and the Edmonton Oilers have had a very disappointing week. So I think that's a good place to start. Coming into this episode, at the time we're recording this, the Edmonton Oilers have one more game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs to play tonight uh, before we're, or I guess after we're we're recording this. Uh, We will get to our predictions and all that stuff for that game. However, we've talked about this little three game series here for this is going to be the third podcast now that these series have bled into talked in the last two about how we really wanted to see the Oilers come away here with we we really wanted four points that's what we were looking for a combination somehow of four points from this three game set and right now they're sitting at zero if they can win tonight's game they'll they'll turn uh what will be a disastrous road trip or I guess three game set into a I guess an okay three game set versus the Maple Leafs. Um, however, that the second game here hasn't inspired a lot of confidence for the third game. So we'll start with the second game, Kyle. It was another three, nothing shutout loss. Uh, what was your first takeaway from the game? Honestly, a rough first period. And then they just couldn't get back on the horse. I mean, there was honestly a lot of Oilers chances, you know, the shots, they still had shots on goal, plenty of them. And, you know, there was definitely a few really good chances they kind of got robbed a couple times um, some good saves, and then they just couldn't put them away. I don't know. It's Yeah, so you talk about the uh, Oilers' really poor first period. The first two shots on net went in on Koskinen, um, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're down 3 nothing at the end, by the end of the first period. I would have really liked to get a save on really any of them. I think all three of them were saveable pucks uh the first one was a good backdoor pass but Hyman even made the extra move I would have maybe like to save on that move um it was a good yeah, throw a poke check or you something know, just something I don't know maybe he, he was already he already his blocker down on the ice I don't know I'm not I'm not a goalie expert but I felt like that one was savable the Nylander backhand was again a good shot but it's on the backhand he's being angled off and it's high glove side far side on a six foot six goaltender Koskinen's got to have that one. And then the Morgan Riley one, Koskinen got 95% of the shot and the 5% that he didn't, it leaks all the way in and it's, and it's in. Uh, I would have loved to see Hutchins uh, or Koskinen make a save. And then on the flip side, the Leafs start their third string goalie in Michael Hutchinson and the Oilers shut out They he had some good saves, but like, I just, I really didn't expect that type of goaltending from Koskinen. And then on the flip side from Hutchinson either. I think that third one, that the Morgan Riley goal, it, there was a little bit of a pinball, so you can kind of see where maybe it gets lost a little, but he got almost all of it. And then it just kind of did one of those squeak, like, mm, 
Okay, it's just over the line. We're good. I definitely agree on the Nylander goal. It's a backhand from maybe the hash mark, maybe the dot, a little bit higher, maybe at the top of the circle. But it, it could not have been going fast enough to to really scorch one. You know what I mean? You got to have that. Yeah, and so then the Oilers, like we said, they had chances. I think McDavid had a really quiet – McDavid and Dreisaitl both had really quiet games in the first game right there were McDavid especially uh, he had a couple minuses he was on the ice for a couple goals against he only had I think one shot in the first game this one he goes even he's got like six shots on net so like he had a much better game as well he just he was robbed a couple of times by Hutchinson they couldn't go in I don't know what it was even in the post game he said just some of the bounces weren't going with them so I, I know they're chalking it up a little bit to luck uh, we also saw Koskinen after the first period was done they then started the second period with Smith which was an interesting choice and I understand why uh, Tippett did it like I understand the whole feel of the game but my question Kyle to you is is we were in the same position uh, versus Vancouver we went down three nothing a couple of them were really soft goals by Smith and then Tippett leaves Smith in and finishes the game do you feel like maybe you're, we're still seeing way too much favoritism by Tippett because I feel like that's really showing like, do you feel like Koskinen deserved maybe the same opportunity to stay in that game? Yeah. I don't know that it really would have made a, a huge difference per se, but maybe, maybe um, not, but I just felt like I was I really do... surprised to see it because, because like I said, he had, he gave Smith the opportunity. I would have at least had him expected to give Koskinen the same type of opportunity and he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, three goals in the first is hard, but like you said, it, it happened before and he left Smith in. He probably should have just left Costman in, you know, just to give him common courtesy of, hey, show up, though. I mean, if he ends up shitting the bed in the second period, too, sure, switch him. You know what I mean? But at that right. point, you know, I, give him yeah, at least I a shot. I was just surprised that he didn't even give Koskin in the chance. He was just like, all right, Smith is in. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So then the, so you, the Oilers dropped that one. They've now lost two in a row, both to the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are red hot. I believe they're seven, one and one or something like that in their last nine or 10. And now we're moving on to the upcoming one. The Oilers, like I said, have a chance to salvage two points from a pretty disappointing three-game set here. Mike Smith is in net. And th- then that was the other thing. I see Smith starts tonight after he played two periods. Uh, it's just like Koskinen is not getting any work. And then the little work he is, like, I get, like, he he definitely didn't play well. But, like, they're just, like, now Smith is back in. It's just, it's very weird. Yeah. I would, I'd like to see Koskinen more. Like, we didn't, this isn't why we signed Smith, right? And we had this discussion right. back at the beginning of the season. We knew that this was going to happen. That as soon as Smith came back, Koskinen was going to not see the ice much. And it, he's just going to always fall back on Smith. I don't know if. Maybe that's maybe he just likes this the way Smith plays better. I don't really get it. I don't I don't really know. The whole dynamic is just kind of weird, you know. I guess we should should mention before we move on to the next this next game. Uh the Oilers will be playing this next game without the services of Alex Chason. He at the end of the game, sort of out of nowhere, it wasn't even really a scrum. He just cross-checked Zach Hyman in the head. I'm guessing somebody said something or Hyman had been you know, chirping at him all game or just been going at him. I don't know what happened. All I know is at the end of the game, Chase on is skating by Hyman and just cross checks him in the head. And he, yeah. you know, it got looked at by the league and he was suspended for a game. 
I, it wasn't like a super vicious cross check, but it definitely was dirty. It was definitely to the head and not to side with the Leafs here. I, uh, Steve Dangle uh, put it really good. He, he was he was saying that like it wasn't during a game you can give penalties, but you have to suspend him or have some sort of carryover punishment. Because if you don't, then people are going to see that and be like, well, if that gets away at the end of the game, the end of the game, we're just going to start hacking and whacking. Right. Because because nothing's going to get called or it's not going to carry over. So I, I get yeah. why they had they had to suspend him. I mean, maybe we'll see someone else on the power play for once in this in this uh, last game versus <laughs> Toronto. I guess. What did you think of the, the chase on shenanigans first? It was weird because, I mean, you see it. The buzzer goes. He's in the off. He's in, you know, the offensive zone and all the guys are coming to the bench to congratulate Hutchinson on his win. You know what I mean? And then he kind of skates towards Hyman a little bit like, you know, like. Like, it wasn't like they were actually skating directly by each other. They kind of, like, went towards each other. And then next thing you know, Hyman's catching blows to the neck. You know, I understand standing up for yourself, I guess. Like, if if there was something that was really happening or, like, if Hyman had gotten him something hard early in the game, I could kind of understand maybe, like, throw a little retaliation back at him. Like, hey, here you go. That's not – that you know, that doesn't go unpunished. Like, I'm going to get you back. but. It was just kind of out of nowhere. As much as I like the aggression in the game, I don't like misplaced aggression in the game. You know what I mean? Like, there's if there's not a, a very obvious reason to do something aggressive, why do it? You know, then, then you're just asking for guys to get hurt, and nobody really wants that. You so know? It sounds like we're both on the same page then with the, the one-game suspension probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, just give them one, say here, you know, a little slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> All right, so then looking at the game that is going to be taking place tonight here, the first game of our two games here between episodes. It's going to be the last game versus the Leafs. The Oilers are now 2-4 and four versus the Leafs. The Leafs are up to an impressive 17-4-2 on the season. Uh, they are quickly starting to run away with the first-place lead here. The Oilers actually were leapfrogged by the Jets and are now down in third in the division after that loss to Toronto. So, Kyle, what should we expect? Um, Smith is in net, like I said. No chase on. Two shutouts. The Oilers haven't scored a goal in two games. Uh, so, like, what what do you expect from from this third one? Because this is a this is a pretty big do or die game. Yeah, I certainly think that you know something's got to give eventually. Two shutouts back to back is tough on everybody. So. You know, as I've said before, I think there's definitely definitely two ways that this could go. They could either wallow in their self-pity because they played bad, or they could bounce back and be like, all right, that's it. No more. We're not doing this anymore. And they could show up, put a couple of holes in the back of the net, play some tough defense, and take a win. So I would love to see the second, the, the latter happen. You know, I'd love to see them pull themselves up by their bootstraps, per se, and just get on the horse and ride. It doesn't have to be some insane spectacle. You don't have to put up five goals. You don't have to just put a few on the board, shut them down on defense, and play the game that you know you can, you know? Yeah. And so uh, what, what do you got a score prediction? So far, both of us have pretty big misses here. Yeah, pretty big misses. I, I'm going to say uh, it's going to be a tight game, 3-2, Oilers win on the bounce back. 3-2. All right. This one, I don't know, man. It, it's so – this is such a hard game to predict because 
it, I think it's it'd be really easy for the Oilers to lose this game and then try and refocus uh, in their next game and just be like, well, we lost the, the first place Leafs. That sucked. Um, I, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I think whew, I'm going to say 4-2 win. I'm going to say a 4-2 win. And, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to keep it simple. 4-2 win. And then, so then the next game we've got coming up, the Oilers, depending on the way it goes, they've got a chance here. And I think it might just be exactly what the doctor ordered after. I'd still say, even if they win tonight, a pretty disappointing three games versus the Leafs. So it might be just exactly what they need. Another battle of Alberta. The Oilers are two and one versus the Flames on the season so far. The Flames have gone the complete opposite direction of the Oilers since uh, they are now 10, 11, and two on the season. And the Oilers, the last time they played them, had that impressive just 7-1 thumping of the Flames. Uh, so I'm going to kick this one off. I think that no matter the score of tonight's lease game, I think the Oilers come out. It's another battle of Alberta. I think the Flames are still not clicking. I think a lot of their, their pieces aren't meshing or are not confident at all. And I think that even if the Oilers lose tonight and go on a three game losing streak, I think they're going to view this as a big turnaround game and, and like a really strong game. I think they're going to come out and they're going to dominate this one. They're going to win four one. What do you think, buddy? What do you think for the fourth or third? Uh, Nope. Fourth. Fourth. That's how math works. The fourth battle of Alberta. Listen, math is hard, man. (laughs) Math and math is hard. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I think they come out hot. I think, it, you know, they really want to stick it to them and, and just kind of be like, hey, you know, we may have sucked a little bit just recently, but not against you. We don't suck against you. And I think I'm going to say, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll go with you on the 4-1. I'll go with you on the 4-1. I think it's a, an impressive performance. Everybody shows up. does their part. Well, so far, the score after last game – has not changed. We both missed real big on the last one. So it's still a 12, 11 lead for me. Uh, So this will be an interesting one because depending on the way tonight's game goes, we could be exactly at 12, 11 or one of us, you could pull ahead here, buddy. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Hey, I'm always up for a possibility to make your life harder in games that we play. I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that. All right. Well, I am, and I guess you are as well, because you're going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a break here, and we will be right back with a little bit of Edmonton Oilers news, because there was some roster moves to talk about. And I think it will actually tie nicely into our little bit of goaltender talk that we did earlier in the episode. So we will be right back. be really interesting like I like Pinto and I, I remember everyone like and this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft we really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early you know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late Mark Stone sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars Pajot drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million Hoffman Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. 
Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sens Hour Podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Okay, and we are back. All right, Kyle. So like I was saying uh, before the break, the Oilers made a little bit of goaltending news. They acquired Alex Stalock off waivers from the Minnesota Wild. He has been a longtime goaltender. He is 33 years of age. He has this year and next year on his contract at $785,000, and then he is an unrestricted free agent. I think this is obviously a lot of insurance because we didn't have anything. Um, this is a huge, huge upgrade over, I think, Troy Grosnick, who never even saw action. We all know who Stalock is. I wouldn't say he's a household name, but like, you know, hockey nerds like us know who Alex Stalock is. He's got a lot of NHL experience and that is a nothing contract. So honestly, I think it's a, it's a pretty safe and solid move. And I think it'll be interesting to see if he actually gets a little bit of action here with some of our goaltenders fluctuating. What do you think, Kyle? I think it'd be interesting to see if he sees action, you know what I mean? Especially with uh, two goalies that are, you know, pretty proven on the Oilers roster, at least, you know, obviously nowhere down the depth chart is uh, anybody close to those two. You know, those are obviously the two, you know, number one and number two guys. So I, I but I think you add somebody like Stalock that he's not Carey Price or Henrik Lundqvist or anything, but, He's a solid goalie. You know what I mean? He's very serviceable, always shows up. I've had him on a few hot teams. Been good to me. So, you know, I think and, it's... And we all know that video game performance translates directly to real life, so that's really good to hear. Completely, directly. No doubt there's a straight line between how he played on my 2013 hot team and how he's going to play for the Oilers. In obviously. 2021. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, I don't really know that you mix him in, you know, because especially unless you really lose faith in one of your two main guys. I don't know why you would mix him in. I think he's just more of an insurance goalie at that point. You know, he's our best third string we've had really all season now, all of a sudden. Yeah, certainly. I, I would agree with that. Um, and I think it's just. Even in yeah. when we had Anton Forsberg and and all them, he is hands down the best third string you always have had since the season started. Yeah, I would agree with that. All righty. Well, other than the chase on Oilers news, uh, we don't really care about anyone else. Uh, we're going to keep our play the episode, like we said, to the Monday episodes. So uh, you guys will have to wait for next episode to hear what our play of the episode is. Play of the week, I guess. Not play of the episode. I, that's what it's going to be called. Play of the week. The play of the week. 
Uh, our play of the week will come in the Monday episode. However, we are going to be wrapping it up now. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully the Oilers can also turn around a little bit here, Kyle. I want everyone to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, leave a review. Make sure to um, follow the podcast on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rat. And then also follow the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for lots of awesome giveaways and content and contests that we do. Uh, Kyle, it's been a pleasure, my friend, to talk to you on this late Wednesday evening. Uh, So have a good one. Anything else? No, that's it. See you, folks. All righty. Well, as always, let's go Oilers! (laughs) 